0: Our second reading comes to us from Matthew 28, verses 9 through 20. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guards went into the city and told the chief priests everything that happened. After the priest had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money uh, to the soldiers, telling them, you must say his disciples came by night and stole him away while you were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story is still told among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Before I begin, I want to tell you that I realized that we skipped the hymn, The Potter's Hand. And I realized this. After We skipped it, evidently. So we will sing that after the baptism, after the confirmation. I just wanted to announce that so our uh, Kathy and Sue both have adequate notice. Kathy, if you don't feel like going back and forth, we could just sing from the sheets. It's up to you. If the screens... All right. So there'll be some funny stuff happening with the screens just to give you a heads up. When Heather and I were first engaged, I switched jobs. I started working at a company called Nova... It's an offshoot of U.S. Bank. It was a a call center that troubleshoots credit card terminals. When you go into a, a store and use your credit card or your debit card and swipe it through that machine, if that machine didn't work, they would call me and I would walk them through fixing it. And while I was in training, there was about 25 of us in training. I met a young man and a young woman who were married. They were going through training together. And he kept asking me to go to church with him. Hey, Chris, come to church with us this Sunday. Well, I, I have a church. Next week, come to church with us this Sunday. Well, I've got a church where I'm perfectly happy. Come to church with us this Wednesday. Well, my church doesn't have a Wednesday night program. Okay, let's go. So I talked to Heather and we agreed to go. And we met for dinner uh, beforehand. And this was the first time they met Heather. And their first question to her was, when were you saved? First thing they asked her, when were you saved? Let me tell you, that is a terrible icebreaker. (laughs) It's not a great way to get to know somebody, but but in many ways, it's a, a fascinating question. When were you saved? When did your salvation take place? In some faith traditions, it's a way of asking, when did you accept Jesus to be your Lord And Savior. Now, as someone who believes that Jesus has always been my Lord and Savior, as someone who believes that's not what I do, but what Jesus did already that saves me, I'm very tempted to answer in a snarkly way 33 AD. That's when I was saved. But I realize that that's not the best at bridge building. I understand that not everyone's love language is snark. So I don't usually answer that way. I think the root of the question is... When did you start your relationship with Jesus Christ? And I think it's a much more complicated answer than picking one date. I think our relationship with Jesus Christ... It's something that lasts our entire life long. It's not just a one-day thing. It's a journey. Because if you start talking about, well, when were you saved? I was saved on this date. Then you get into debates about once you're saved, can you fall away and be saved again? What does that look like? I think it's a continuous journey. Something we work at our whole lives. And there are going to be ups and downs, highs and lows mountains and pitfalls. Today we have two gospel readings. Our reading from Matthew appears after the resurrection. Last week we celebrated Easter. We celebrated that the women went to the tomb and the stone was rolled away and Jesus was risen and he was not there. And today Matthew gives us his account of appearing to the disciples The women go and tell the disciples, go to Galilee. He'll meet you there. And they go and there is the resurrected Christ before them. And it says, and they worshipped him. But then there's a throwaway line. One that's so easily overlooked. They worshipped them. But some doubted. Here are the 11 disciples, the people that have lived with Jesus the past three years, the people who've seen his works, his miracles, who've heard his lessons, his sermons, who've seen him raise the dead, walk on water, turn water into wine. But some doubted. It's amazing that with the resurrected Christ standing before them, with the holes in his hands and his feet and in his side, some still doubted. But scripture tells us and tradition tells us that they did not stay on, in this doubt that they continued the ministry of Jesus Christ, that they were gathered on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit formed the church, that they went to start local churches to preach, to do the body and the work of Christ. They didn't stay in their doubt. Our reading from Mark is a little bit earlier, before the crucifixion, before the resurrection. Jesus and a few disciples had been up on the mountain where the transfiguration came, took place. And they come down the mountain and they see, he sees a huge crowd gathered. And there's arguing and debating. And he says, what's going on? And a father brings his young son and says, I asked your disciples to heal them. But they couldn't. He said, Lord, if you can do anything. Take pity on us. And Jesus says, if I can do anything. You can almost hear the incredulousness in his voice. If I could do anything, all things are possible for he who believes in me. And then the man offers what I think is the most powerful, one of the most powerful prayers in scripture. It's not written as a prayer, but it's a prayer that I've prayed many times. He says, Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you can heal my son. But I have questions. I have doubts. I don't understand it all. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. If this man who was asking Jesus to heal his son, if this man who'd heard so much about Jesus that he was confident that Jesus would heal his son, had unbeliefs. If the disciples who traveled with Jesus and seen him work miracles had doubts. How can we expect to be any better? How can we expect more of ourselves? We are going to have questions. We are going to have doubts. But the important thing is that we don't let those doubts be a sticking point. That we don't stay there. That we recognize that it's a part of our journey. That it's a lifelong journey with highs and lows. And sometimes when we hit those lows, we're going to question. We're going to argue. We're going to cry and rail against God. We're going to have doubts. But the journey continues. We continue moving on. Today, we're celebrating baptism. And we're con- confirming five wonderful young men and women. And over the past month and a half, I've worked with these young men and women. Uh, we've had classes. We've, they've had outside projects. Uh, we've covered things from what is the church? What is baptism and communion? What is worship? What is the Trinity? What, what, is, um, what does scripture mean? Uh, all sorts of different things. We looked at church history, church polity. Uh, covered a wide range of things. We looked at grace and stewardship. In addition, they had to write a history pro- paper where they met with two different members of the church and asked them their personal experiences with the church. They had to write a statement of faith and they had to work in the church doing at least one part of a project. They've been immersed in church culture and theology. And I expect them to remember it all. In a moment, I'm going to call them up here and give them a quiz so you can see it. No, I I don't expect them to remember everything. I don't expect them to know anything because they are just starting on this journey. And this sermon is written with them in mind, reminding them that their faith is a lifelong journey that they are beginning today. But it's written to you, the congregation, as well, to remind you that you are on a journey and when things seem hard, when things seem difficult, when you might be struggling. It's just part of the journey. One of our confirmands in their uh, statement of faith wrote something that, that as soon as I read that, I'm like, I wrote it down. And I said, that's going in the sermon. So this confirmation class has was a thought provoking experience. I feel like this is only the beginning of my faith journey. I'm eager to see where God leads me. And that's the reminder. It's that on this journey, it's God who's leading us. And when you look back to our gospel readings from Mark and from Matthew, the man who prayed, I do believe, help my unbelief. Christ was with him. The disciples who worshiped, the disciples who doubted, the resurrected Christ was right there with them. Friends, we are on a journey and there will be highs and lows, but we have to remember that it is God who is leading us and that through it all, Christ is with us. At Christmas, we sing of the newborn Christ child as Emmanuel, God with us. And that's a reminder we need to carry with us throughout our faith journey. Amen.